Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Let's recap at a, at a high level the first two weeks. You guys have kind of got used to how we do this, right? Uh, in week one of our kingdom series, Kingdom Come, you have to be born of a particular kingdom to be a citizen of that kingdom and to have access to all that that kingdom has available for you. The second major aspect we looked at in that first week is that as Christians, once you were born again, you become an ambassador for that kingdom that you were born into. An ambassador in its truest form is someone who doesn't operate under their own opinion, but the opinion of the 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 country or the citizenship or the kingdom of what they were sent out from. So as ambassadors of Christ, in your truest form, your opinion is irrelevant. That's Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you came today? As ambassadors, the only opinion that we should live out of is what does the kingdom of heaven say in this situation? What does the kingdom of heaven look like in this situation? What is the kingdom responsibility in this situation? Are you following me? Was it a good week two weeks ago? Yeah, thanks, Abigail. Last week, we looked at, uh, there's four aspects to every kingdom. We looked at the first two. There is a king, which makes sense. If you're going to have a kingdom, you have to have a king. And then there is a domain. The domain is the territory of which the king oversees. The domain are the people, are the buildings, are the properties, uh, the animal, everything within that kingdom. It is up to the king to govern that kingdom the way it is supposed to be governed. The second thing we looked at was uh, there are... Are, uh, for lack of better words, portals to heaven that we have access to. We looked at windows. Remember what the windows were? What were the windows? Blessing. Thank you. Blessing. Windows represented blessing. Then we looked at number two, gates. What did gates represent? Access. Mm, she's good. That's why we gave her a shirt. Uh, number three, we, we looked at doors. What did doors represent? opportunities. For the sake of time last week, I didn't talk too much about the domain aspect of it, but today we are. We're going to kind of piggyback off a little of that, and then we'll get into um, the third and fourth element of the kingdom. When God created the heavens and the earth, God never intended for them to operate different or apart from one another. He intended the earth to operate and to be governed just like heaven operated and heaven was governed. When God created the earth, Things were not visible to man, but became visible out of an invisible realm. I'm going to let that process sink for a second. The Bible says in Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit in your outline, does your mic work? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Genesis 1-2. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, waiting for the voice of God to be commanded to be put into action. The earth was formless and void, and the Bible teaches us an invisible God spoke, and things in the visible world came into an existence. Things that are visible in the visible world that we live in were made out of things that were in the invisible world. God was showing us the things that you cannot see are more real than the things that you can. <laughs> there is a world above your head right now that your eye cannot see that is more real than you and I are. 
Every once in a while in the Bible, God gave someone an opportunity to have access to this unseen world. And we have glimpses of what heaven is going to look like. God made the invisible realm, and the invisible realm was made for God. And the Bible says in Psalms chapter 115 in your outline, Heaven is for God and the earth is for the sons of men. So God made earth a visible expression of an invisible heaven. Then he made man a visible expression of an invisible God. That's a lot to swallow right there, isn't it? Are you, are you following where we're, what we're putting down here? So he wanted the earth to be governed just like heaven was governed. So he put Adam on the earth. He crowned him with his likeness in glory. Let's look at your outline. The word glory, write this down, means weight. The word glory means weight. So God put Adam on earth and crowned him with the weight or glory, which means when Adam would speak on the earth, it would have the same effect as if God himself was speaking. He carried a similar weight. Adam could speak on the earth and heaven would back up what Adam would say. He would get godly results as a man on earth because whenever he spoke, he spoke with the weight of the glory upon his life. This is why the Bible says that whatever Adam called the beast of the field, that's what it was called. Adam operated in glory authority. Oh, that sounds good. Adam operated in glory authority. God never meant for his words to just communicate. God's words were meant to create. We use words to talk, but when God uses words, he wants something to spring forth into action that is not there. Faith calls things that are not as though they were. Faith is what pleases God. So when God speaks, things happen. God gave Adam the power to govern the earth just like God governed the heavens. Stay with me. Are you ready? We're getting ready to go somewhere. I'm, I can barely like, okay. That means the earth was never meant to respond to Adam's hands. The earth in its original creation was designed to respond to the voice and the words of what Adam spoke. Before Adam sinned and lost the glory, you never heard of anything like sweat, toil, manual labor, none of that was even mentioned because the words that we carried carried the weight of the glory of God and gave us the authority to speak to things as though they were not and made them come into an existence. As we mentioned last week and the week before, you have been given this this authority, but the authority that we have been given is to occupy a land or a kingdom until the return of Jesus. Meaning when Jesus came and paid the price for your sin, you gave your life to Jesus and now you have the ability to walk in that same authority. You have the ability to walk in the same original intent of while Adam, what weight that he carried in his life. In this kingdom, the king has a domain and everything in that kingdom is governed by a king. Revelation tells us that God made you a king. Uh Uh-oh. Do you know what a priest is? A priest is someone who operates in authority between man and God. Revelation says God's made you a king and a priest. You've been given the authority to walk between man and God. So now you have the weight of the glory of God that was cooked to call things that were not, to call them into existence because you are a king. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus said that you have been given authority to occupy until my return. Since you are a king, you have a domain, and what happens in your domain is governed by who? You, you're the king. So what happens in your domain is governed by you, meaning that you have the authority to operate inside of your domain, and whatever happens in your domain is up to your hands and feet. If that doesn't make sense, go back and watch last week. That will clarify that. This is why it is important that you show up every week, because each of these are kind of building on each other, so you might get lost if you don't remember everything that was talked about. All right, so that is the domain. So in a kingdom, there is a king, and there is a domain. You are a king, and you have a domain. The third and fourth elements of what a kingdom is supposed to have. Every kingdom has these. Write these down. Number three, it's going to be on the screens behind us or in front of you. Kingdoms have a taxation. Number four, kingdoms have a military. That gets me excited just saying that works. I know where we're going, guys. When we look at the third aspect of the kingdom, there is a taxation. The taxation was meant to help the kingdom stay under a systematic growth form of government. Notice a systematic growth. That's what taxation is for, is to grow. In the heavenly kingdom, there is what we call the tithe. The tithe is the first 10% of your income. Not after Uncle Sam gets his money, not after all your bills are paid, not after your tax are taken down. It's the first, uh, the first fruit of the labor that you produce. I'm going to do a series in the future about money, so I'm not going to get in money today. But for the concept that I'm talking here, just give me about two minutes, and it's going to make sense to you. Uh, when you give God to any form, the measure of which you give will be the measure extended back to you. If you give God a little, a little will return. Some of you like visuals. Um, let, let's say that wood wall right there is a wall on the side of the kingdom of God, and in the middle there was a window. And if you go through and you say, God, I got a dollar. Have you seen the little rascals? I got a dollar. I got a You get a dollar, and you stick it through that window and say, God, now pour out some blessing on my life. What's going to happen? The same little minuscule hole that you put through the window will be the same minuscule hole that the blessing comes back out on. So the blessing of God that wants to operate in your life will be directly correlated to the measure of what you bless God with. Okay, all right. Luke six thirty eight. go ahead and read that. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, God says that, not me. Just, just clarifying, okay. Um, as a kingdom-minded citizen... We want to flourish, so we don't look how to get by minimal, 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 you know what the word is, minimally, minimally. We don't look at what we do to get by the least. We choose generosity because we want generosity bestowed upon us. I'm always amazed at the ones who say tithing doesn't work. It's the broke people. I've never seen a rich guy say tithing doesn't work. There are... There are windows that operate in the blessing realm. If you don't open that window over your life, you will not be blessed. No questions asked. There are businesses out there that you say, how come these businesses are so blessed? I guarantee it, I can go look at their bank books behind closed doors, and they give to nonprofits, they give to charities. They give. God does not... Uh, God honors what his word is because that's what he does. So God doesn't look at the person who's giving. He looks at what is given and who is given to. Oh, come on. Um, the, the fourth aspect of the kingdom, there is a military with a plan of protection in place. Let's look at your outline. I told you I wasn't going to talk on money very much. That's it. Psalms 8. Terrence, if you could read that whole thing, please. 
Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Read this slow. Verse 5. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. All right. So if you have your Bible, you can actually read this verse and um, your Bibles are going to say different things. In this passage is one of those hard to translate passages because the people who originally translated it said, this verse carries so much weight behind it, we are going to, in my vernacular, dumb down the verse so you can understand it. When you look at the literal text of what the Bible says in Psalms, in this verse 5, it doesn't say you were made a little lower than the angels. The actual word is you were made a little lower than Elohim. Who's Elohim? God, you were made a little lower than God. The, the transcribers of the Bible could not write that because they knew the weight of which it would carry and said, surely you were not made in the same likeness in the image of God. So you had to be made lower than the angels. And God said, no, 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 no. I made them in my image. They're just, so I'm here and they're just right here. So now they have authority over everything because of the Elohim that's inside of them. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's go ahead and read Matthew Eight. No, I'm not going to read it. I, I don't, don't read that one because uh, I didn't put it in there. Um, in Matthew 8, when the centurion said, I have a servant who has fallen ill, he comes to the disciples and the disciples say, we can't heal this guy. We can't cast out these demons. What do we do? And Jesus says back to the man, the centurion, and he says back to the disciples, you of little faith. And he goes and prays for the boy, and the guy's healed, and he gets delivered, and everything goes just how it's supposed to happen. Do you remember the story? You know the story I'm talking about? Okay, Jesus said, I have not seen a man with such faith. In a battle, the centurion is normally on the front lines. It is his job while on the front lines to assess the situation of the battle, and then the commissioned... This is so good. Commission the trained military to flank left, flank right, whatever the case may be. In a kingdom, normal citizens do not fight battles. There is a military. In a kingdom, there is a military that is trained, and they are, uh, they are developed in such a way that they can go and fight battles for us. If the U.S. was going to go into a war right now, I assure you, the last person on the list of people that they would call would be me. But Jake would probably get a phone call who just last two weeks ago had to go do training. Because he is trained, they will call upon him because he's part of the military. They will not call upon me. You ready? <laughs> I'm telling you. Thanks. At a citizen, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you are not fighting the battles that come your way. 
And if you're not to fight those battles, what are you to do? <laughs> okay. How many of you ever fought your own battle? Like, um, I'm not talking like going out to war and overseas. I'm talking about you, you, you got in a fight with someone at the, at, at the office. Uh, you, you fought a battle of a family member. You fought a battle of work life. You fought a battle over your finances. You fought a battle over uh, salvation of loved ones. You fought a battle. How many of you ever fought those battles before? How many of you ever fought those battles? Don't lie to me. Yeah, okay, just want to make sure. We, we, we've all been there. No one's left, a, no one gets exempt on that one. But I want to show you something about being a kingdom citizen. Are you guys ready for this? I don't even know if you're ready for this. I, I don't even know if you're ready for this. Citizens of a kingdom don't fight battles. As kingdom citizens, as ambassadors of our faith, it is our job to take the position like the centurion. You are on the front lines of the battle. You're not the one going to battle. It is your job to assess the situation and you commission the angels of heaven who were called to fight for you to go do the battles that were supposed to be your fighting. So you are fighting battles that were never meant to be fought by you because you're not assessing the situation properly. You're trying to fight the battle on your own and you will lose that battle every time because you not assessed the situation of the battle properly and sent the team who is military trained to go fight the battle for you. In your outline, fill this out. God has sent the angels to do the fighting for you. In a heavenly kingdom, the Bible says in Psalms 91, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. Angels respond to the voice of the word. Angels are dispatched when they hear the voice of the word. But listen, it's not your voice that they respond to. Angels respond to the voice of the word of God. You cannot tell an angel what to do. You do not have that authority. You don't walk in that. But you can tell an angel to respond to the voice of the word. Let me show you why. Psalms 103. Read this real quick. Terrence, I need you to get excited, brother. Oh, his angels. That's not excited enough. I need you to get excited. God does something in these oh, atmospheres. You his angels, you mighty ones, Listen. do his word. Obeying the voice of his word. The angels obey the voice of whose word? Whose? Does it your word? Your word? Whose word? So as centurions, as we are citizens of the kingdom, when we come into a battle, we don't fight that battle. We send forth the angels to do the fighting for us. But how do we send forth those angels? By using the word of God. Your limited understanding is why you're in the mess that you're in. Because you don't know the Bible well enough to send the angels to go fight the battle for you. I said it to, uh, to, uh, to you five, six weeks ago in our wisdom series. The revelation of knowledge that you have on the Bible is what limits your ability to operate in what the Bible has for you. So there are battles that you're fighting because you don't understand what the word of God says in your situation. So you're trying to fight those battles in the natural and you're going to lose every single time. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 47, the battle is not yours the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. Whose is it? That's what the Bible says. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. You have to understand that there is a military of angels that do the fighting for you. You don't have to fight. You just commission the angels to go by the speaking the word of God and those angels are sure to go. 
Jesus looked at the centurion and said, I have not seen faith like this before because Jesus was showing the centurion knew how to send forth the word and make something happen. Ooh, that's good, isn't it, Richard? Back many years ago, I went through a, a situation that was less than pleasant. Uh, anybody else gone through a less than pleasant situation? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I found out what was being said, what was being done, it wasn't in an audible voice, but it was nearly in an audible voice. I heard the Lord tell me to stay quiet. Don't fight this battle. Everything in me wanted to fight the battle. My mom wanted me to fight that battle. My dad wanted me to fight that battle. But something in me, when we get into a meeting that was discerning this thing, I could not speak. My mouth would literally be closed shut. I could not open it. In the natural, staying quiet seemed like it caused a lot of issues. In the natural, it stunk. I would go and get in bed and cry my eyes out at night saying, why is this happening? I don't understand. In the natural, it didn't seem to make sense to stay quiet, but I knew that I knew that I knew that God said, let me fight this battle. And this is where this principle, I learned it, and I've been operating in it ever since then. In that situation, I chose to stay quiet against my personal better judgment. Two years later, I write a book. It goes number two on Amazon. There's 10,000 people under our leadership, small groups, outreaches. There's thousands of people getting saved. We have an event, 1,600 people give their life to Christ. Everything in my life goes literally from glory to glory. I, I look over the last 10 years whenever all this happened. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And the ones who spoke against me keep getting worse and worse. Their marriages are gone. Their families are destroyed. Families moving apart from each other. Life keeps happening and happening to me in a hard way. I believe with all my heart, if I would have spoken my opinion, I would have not been walking in the victory that I'm walking in today because it was a battle that became so intense in heaven that the angels of heaven needed to fight it. And as the angels in heaven were trying to fight it, it transformed itself into the natural and started taking place in the natural. And if I would have not voiced the, the word of God in the situation, it would have taken me out. There are battles that you face, and they are so intense in heaven, in, in, in this realm of the invisible realm between the good and the bad. Those things transfer into the natural because the battle is against your soul. It's against your family. It's against your future. It's against your destiny. So Satan is trying to do everything in his power to stop you from becoming all that God created you to be. And so what happens is these battles happen, and they become so intense. They manifest on earth, and you're like, why in the world is this taking place? Why am I going through this? This doesn't make sense. It's because the enemy's after you and he doesn't know what else to do. So he brings in confusion. He brings in harm. He brings in all these things. But here's our job. We speak the word. We speak the word. We don't get in the battle lines and go be out the one out fighting. The centurion stood up at the front and he commissioned the ones to go fight. He didn't go fight. He looked and he assessed the situation and he would continue to assess the situation and he would continue to stay there as they flanked left and these people flanked right. He would continue to watch and monitor, keep an eye on and say, okay, hey, now you guys come back over here. Now you go, let's go back over here. And the more he assessed the situation, the greater victory he could walk in. If you don't continue to speak the word, you will lose ground. I don't have a clue where I'm at in my notes. 
When you're in a situation that doesn't seem to make sense, let me put a caveat on that. If you're just dumb and you say a lot of stuff and your drama all in your life and you just mouth off and everyone doesn't like you and you say things to offend people, that's on you. Quit being dumb. Go back and watch our wisdom series. We'll help you get through that. But if it's a situation that you're, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. There's a battle that's taking place. It's a lot deeper than what you understand. And the knowledge that you have of the word will get you through that battle. You need to recognize there's a spiritual battle taking place. And that spiritual battle got so intense, it tried to stop you. And if you don't recognize that, the enemy will win. And your destiny will be forever gotten. I heard a story from a a man that I trust a few years ago. Uh, He said, I've been praying for a, a particular situation. After a week of intense prayer, an angel showed up and began to speak to me. The angel said, because you continue to send forth the word of God, you gave me the strength to fight the battle faster and I got here quicker. If you would have stopped speaking the word, the battle would still be going on and the victory would have never happened in your life. Well, you say, that sounds kind of far-fetched. I mean, an angel came and spoke to a guy, and, and, and angels were fighting these battles. Well, I, I, don't, that, I just don't know. Well, let's, let's look in the Bible. There's a story in, in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, that Terrence is going to read. Go ahead and read that whole paragraph. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have, bec- and I have come because of your words. Say the bold part again. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your word. Hmm. The angel, the word had been, the, the word that, that Daniel spoke was heard, and who came? Okay, I'm just making sure we're all on the same page. Keep going. The prince of the key, kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the king of Persia. There was a battle taking place between good and evil. And because Daniel continued to speak the word, he got victory over the battle. If he would have stopped speaking the word, he would have lost the victory that was rightfully supposed to be his. Remember, we're here to occupy, not to win. The battle's already won, but we have to occupy. So part of occupying is understanding the word of God that is spoken in the kingdom that you live in as a king that you govern that kingdom. Everything is up to you in that kingdom. So if you don't speak the word of God inside that kingdom, you will lose the battle because you've not sent forth the angels to do the fighting for your battle. So I want to suggest to you this morning Your ability to speak the word becomes your ability to walk in what the word has for you. Let that one sink in a little bit. You're only able to use the word to the level of revelation that you have of the word. Hmm. If you don't have the word inside of you, how can you send forth an angel to go and do the fighting for you? You don't have the revelation of what those angels can do, so therefore you don't walk in the authority of what you need to send forth those angels. So the revelation of the word is what gives you the ability to operate in the authority of what God's given you to walk in the weight of the glory that was originally destined for man that Adam screwed up. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to be full of the devils? (laughs) Everywhere they go, everything they look at, everything they touch, just you're just... They have given, they have opened, they have allowed access into the demonic powers to manifest in their lives. They watch movies that are full of fear and wonder how come fear happens in their life. 
They listen to music that, we, that is hard for your soul to hear and wonder how come your soul doesn't desire to worship the Lord. They go and put themselves in environments where the Holy Spirit cannot manifest himself in a way that would uh, allow you to walk in what you need to walk in in that environment and wonder how come whenever you come to church you feel guilty. I walked into a restaurant three weeks ago. I'm not going to tell you which one. I've eaten there several times, but for some reason, I walked into this one. I told Adrian, I said, get our food to go and get out. I could not be inside the restaurant. There are environments that I will not allow myself to be in because those environments will begin to put pressure on me and will cause angels and devils to have to fight a battle that I don't want them to be fighting because I've got other battles I need them to be fighting. <laughs> That was way better than what you just thought. There are people who, who say, I can be in, in this environment and, and it doesn't affect me. And yes, you're right. You are the righteousness of Christ. You walk in the authority. I get that. But that, that's not the question. The question becomes what we talked about in our last series. Is this beneficial for your destiny to be here? And if it's not, why are you putting yourself in that place? There are people who decide to go into these places and say, well, I'm a child of God, so I, it's okay for me to be here. Again, there, you, every time you go into a place, you're putting warring angels into effect. Do you want them fighting the small battles or do you want them fighting the big battles? Don't put yourself in, the, in a position where all your angels get tied up fighting stupid battles because you're doing stupid things. You want your angels to be able to go to a place where you say, I need to walk in a higher level of anointing. I need to walk in the power of God. My children are falling away from God. I need the angels of heaven to go fight that battle no, I put myself in a bad place on Thursday night. All right. Thank you, Richard. Richard, you're my favorite. Remember the story in the, in the Bible, Matthew 17, the man came and said, I, oh, I already messed that one up. Forget that one. Oh, I gave you the wrong story a while ago, huh? That wasn't Matthew 18. Oh, well, you know what I'm talking about. Matthew 17, that's where the man comes in and says the, the boy's a demon possessed. Did I already tell you that one? Matthew 17, okay, you guys know Matthew 17. The boy goes to the disciples and says, hey, cast out this demon out of my kid. And the disciples say, get out. And the, disciple, and, the, and the demon didn't do anything. And the disciples go to Jesus and say, how come I can't cast this out? And Jesus said, you have little faith. Now you remember, okay, now we're on the same page. Jesus said, you have little faith. You can't cast that out. Here's why they couldn't cast that out, because they didn't have the revelation yet of what their power could operate in the demonic realm. Once they got the revelation that they could operate in that, no longer was it ever an issue again. The level of your understanding is the level of which you operate at. If you have a little understanding, you will see very little power inside your life. <laughs> My mom told me I need to smile more, so I have to stop what I'm doing, smile, and then go back to it and get serious again. <laughs> If you understand that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and you walk in that, you function in that, you have access to everything that God has for you as you function in that role as a citizen. But if you don't know what the kingdom has, you can't walk in what the kingdom benefits are. So you walk in defeat, you walk in lack, you walk in poverty, you walk in dis disillusion, you walk in dysfunctionalism because you're living with the understanding of where you're at. Ooh. That just kind of hits you in a harder place, didn't it? That one hurt here. <laughs> I heard a story of a man who lived under a bridge. I heard this firsthand, actually. 
It's a true story. He, was, he became homeless. He was a lawyer. Uh, he had a wife and three kids. Life was going great. He was living his best life. His wife and kids had a car wreck, and they died, all of them. And this lawyer, who was kicking life by its tail, within just a matter of a few months, became homeless. He could not handle losing his wife and kids, and he just gave up on life. So he becomes homeless, and um, he actually starts living under the bridge I-35. This is the story of a man here in Norman. Uh, he had a law office on Main Street, not too far from yours. And this man, after several years of being homeless, one day woke up and said, I can't keep doing this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just can't keep doing this. He, he leaves the bridge. He comes into town. And uh, he reintroduces himself to some old friends. Like, he just walked off. Whenever he walked out, they couldn't find him. He was gone. Like, no one knew that he was here. He reintroduces himself to some friends and says, hey, do you remember me? And they're, they're shocked. They're like, How, I, I, we thought you were dead. We, we didn't have a clue where you were at. And as they're talking, the friend said, can I tell you something? He said, your, your dad died just about three months after you became homeless. And this just caused the man just to kind of go back into like, well, I'm going back under the bridge. That's, I'm, I just... I can't do this. And he said, no, let me tell you something. He said, your dad died. And when he died, he left you with an inheritance of $6 million. They've been trying to find you for three years. The inheritance has been yours the entire time. But because he didn't know that he had access to it, he lived under a bridge. There's an inheritance that God has already given you that you don't realize that you have access to. This man lost everything, and he came to himself to a place where he said, I can't do this. Then after two years of living under the bridge, he came to a place and said, I've got to, I've got to change. I can't stay in this environment. And he had no idea the entire time, the entire time, he was a millionaire. Can I tell you something that you may not understand? As a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have everything that you could ever ask, think, or imagine, or need. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, you can walk in health. You can walk in victory. You can walk in greatness. You can walk in everything. But you don't realize that you have access to it because you don't know. But once you learn the word of God and learn what you can function in, you're millionaires. I use the term loosely because I'm talking to your millionaires with the spirit. I don't care about cash. That's irrelevant. You're, you're, you're rich beyond rich when it comes to the Spirit of God operating in your life. When you don't know what you possess, you live in a poverty mindset because that's all you know. For the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the greater measure of the word you put in you, the greater measure of the benefits of the word will be bestowed upon you. That's pretty good. God, as, or my kids, at, where's Matthew? Oh, okay. Um, my kids can come to me anytime, and they do, asking for stuff every day, don't you? <laughs> and what happens? Most of the time, they know they can get whatever they ask for because they're fantastic kids. They can go to their lady, they can go to their pop, they get whatever they want. 
They have learned because they're my children, they have access to everything that I've made available to them. God as your father has given you access to the kingdom. With that access comes everything you need to walk in the greatest days of your life. But because you have limited knowledge, you've limited your ability to operate in what the word rightfully says that you can operate in, you choose to walk in a place that's not where God wants you to be. <laughs> the last two weeks I mentioned how that, I'm going a little long, I'm sorry. Can I go uh, like six more minutes? Okay, all right. The last two weeks I mentioned that Jesus was here on earth. He told us to come back or he told us to occupy until he came back. Meaning the earth does not belong to us. So therefore there are demonic forces that are trying to stop you from having the manifestation of the kingdom of God while you're living on earth. The Bible tells us in Ephesians. Let's look in your outline. Uh, read 612, Terrence. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So the battle is within the spiritual forces of evil. That's the, uh, the old cartoons, the little red demon on this side and the little white angel on this side. There is this constant battle taking place. And there's a battle between good and evil. And how do you respond to that battle will determine what happens to you in the middle of that battle. So if Paul tells us in Ephesians that we are fighting the battle. How do we fight the battle and win? I'm tired of Christians living defeated because they don't know how to fight the battle. Every one of you have the ability to walk in the greatest victory that you've ever walked in, but there's a battle that you're not standing up here and commissioning the angels to flank left and flank right. I'm going to show you how. Do you want to know how to fight the battle? It's really easy. It's the very next verse of what, Corinthians, or what Ephesians tells us. Go ahead and read this, uh, Terrence. Read that whole section. This is how you fight the battle in the heavenly place. Is right here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God okay. to be able to withstand it in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit. There, that's with the key. all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly Ooh. to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul tells you how to fight the battle in the heavenlies. You put on the armor of God. You pray in the spirit and opening your mouth and declaring the word of God boldly. You wake up in the morning and know that there is a battle taking place. If you're at work in an environment that is godless, I want to encourage you to put your battle armor on and you run to that battle. You don't walk in and defeat. Say, God, why am I here? You walk in with the armor of God and say, God, I will declare your word in this place. Because a child of God walked into the room, the atmosphere of this room will surely change I'm not even getting started yet and the service is over if you don't speak the word you are giving the enemy a foothold to take territory that rightfully belongs to you 
Ooh, I'm going to say that one again. If you don't speak the word of God, you are giving the enemy a foothold to take territory that rightfully belongs to you. The unseen realm is more alive and more real than this world, and there is a war that is coming after you. You have to fight the battle with your armor on. You have to fight the battle with boldness. You have to fight the battle with your word. You have to fight the battle with faith. When you put on the full armor of God every single morning, it's time you walk with that battle armor on, and it doesn't mean you walk in defense. I'm not a defensive player. I'm an offensive player. The Bible says you grab the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you use that sword like you own it. Have you ever walked with someone who who is very unsure of themselves? And have you walked with someone who's super confident in themselves? When it's time for battle, who do you want to be? So who's on your side when you walk in that battle? The Bible tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you don't speak the word, death is certain to come because the angels cannot go to battle for you. So it's time that you put your armor on. In the kingdom, I put on my battle armor. Would have been a great song, Curran. (laughs) Do you have your armor on? in the middle of a raging war. Well, I'm on, I'm gonna run a battle right on, well, I don't remember the words, it's a great song. Uh, It says, run to the battle. Run to the battle. I don't, I don't retreat. I will only walk in defeat and victory. I run to the battle. Bring it on. Because I commissioned the angels. I sent forth where the centurion said, I assess the situation. And I send the angels out to go do the battle fighting for me. So this week, quit fighting the battle. You get in an argument over the dumbest things, stop. Quit arguing. Quit creating further division. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Carry the sword of the spirit. And you... That was, the, that was the sword going in, you know? Ha, <laughs> gotcha, devil. The word is the voice of Jesus. And Jesus has done everything that is needed for you and I to flourish on this earth while we are here. It's time to occupy what's rightfully yours. Did you receive something today? I'm gonna bail out. Did you receive something today? All right, let's, let's pray real quick. And then I'm gonna speak the blessing of the Lord upon you. Father God, we thank you that You have given us victory over darkness. You have given us the ability to operate in something that is far more powerful than we can imagine on this earth. God, we walk in the greatest days of our life because we put on the battle armor and we run to the battle with faith. We run to the battle with our mouth open wide. I'm not gonna run to the battle with a closed mouth because a closed mouth's not speaking your word. I run to the battle with an open mouth speaking the word of God boldly that whatever battles come my way, we commission the angels of heaven to go and fight the battles for us. In fact, I say over every person in this room this morning that battles that you have been facing are not your battles to fight, so give those battles to the Lord and start speaking the word of God over those battles. So right now, we send forth the angels 
angels to go and dumb down what has been trying to rise up. We speak against those things that are trying to come against our family, come against our kids, come against our marriages, come against our homes, come against extended family, come against our jobs, come against everything else. And we tell those things, you no longer have access because I'm a child of the King of Kings and I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that enables me to walk in victory in every single facet of my life because I go to the battle speaking the word of God and the word of God says it, that finalizes it, and I walk in it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, lift your hands and receive the blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine. There's such an anointing on his word. Make the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and give gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K.com, send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer, and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.